Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out the Swiss and global fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're going to talk to Karen and Carol or Carolina from Swiss Fintech Ladies. And we're going to talk about diversity issues and what can be done about it on the Swiss Fintech scene when it comes to investing, when it comes to entrepreneurship, financing, all the topics that we can talk about today. Again, we're going to talk about Swiss Fintech Ladies. So welcome, Carolina and Karen. How are Thank you today? Hello. So I'm great. And uh, I think, Carol, you're hopefully great too. Yes, I'm feeling perfect and I'm glad to be here with you, Rudy and Karen. Yes, me too. Brilliant. So all the best this year. I know you have big plans and ambitions. So I'm curious to find out more about this. But before we go there, how did you get to actually do what you do today when it comes to the association like Swiss Fintech Ladies? What was your journey to get there and why are you doing this? To be completely honest, mostly hard work and a lot of determination and in- intrinsic motivation to actually pave the way for other women and become a role model, especially a role model that I was seeking when I was younger. And I also make a strong effort to become a good role model to my daughter. But specifically, if we're talking about career, I had exposure for the past 12 years to the financial industry from FX through private banking and fintech. And all these experiences led to the position where I am working now at the private bank, Bergos, and motivates me on a daily basis to work hard for the Swiss fintech ladies as well. And Karen, what about yourself? Yeah, so I am investment banker by nature. So I started my career in investment banking and followed through with many different institutions. Finally, Unicredit, I was working for the board and Sergio Elmotti, by the way. And when I started here in Switzerland, I had already my book series, my scientific series, Sustainable Finance, and I was invited on a panel in the Crypto Valley to talk about the UN SDGs. And I was in a room with 1,000 people in the casino in Zug, and there were 10 women and all the rest of these thousands were men. And I'm coming from investment banking. I, I know male environments, but this was different. So it was much less females in the room than I expected because I expected maybe 10, 20%. And that led me to talk to some people and to found Swiss Fintech ladies because I think that women should be part of this journey from finance to fintech. So let's talk about drivers behind it, right? So what are the main issues in terms of diversity on the fintech scene in Switzerland or in general, or you can take it to entrepreneurship as well? What are the main issues when it comes to diversity? 
Yes, I mean, if you look at the fintech landscape here in Switzerland, it's there is a study from 2021 from IFZ fintech, and they found out that it's very male dominated, and there are rarely female management teams or board members that are female. If we look at the pool of the fintechs that they have analyzed. They only found in whole Switzerland, 78 women that are acting as board members in these companies, which is a very small number. And this leads to biased decision-making, right? That causes the problem that women face more difficulties to grow within companies into decision-making positions but also in the VC scene to get investments. It's not about blaming anyone. It's just natural behavior, right? So if you are in a group of very like-minded people, then you will attract similar people as well, and which leads to these big problems of decision-making. Yeah, maybe I can add to that. I'm also serving as an advisor and a board member, And I know a lot of fintechs who are desperately looking for women. So they are very diverse in all other aspects. So it's not a diversity topic. So they have different cultures, different ages, different sexual orientations, but they don't have women. And some of them are really looking to find these women. And there seems also to be an intermediation problem between these companies looking for women and women that are prepared to go and work for them. But what are the main reasons behind it? Is that because of the culture or the setup that maybe once you want to have family, you don't have enough support? Or is this a toxic environment? So... How did we get here? I don't see a toxic environment, but I think in finance, of course, you cannot talk so much about work-life balance. Caroline, you can correct me on this, but these are industries where you are imagining the future and which move very fast. And it also takes some kind of dedication to work there. It's not necessarily an eight to five job that's the first thing and the second thing i think it's many women also are scared about this it part in it so finance is a topic that women sometimes are a little bit wary of and and fintech has also the it element which has a compound effect i think that there are two three points that lead actually to to these issues one is that we do have a lack of female talents in that area and probably because there is a lack of role models or female role models that would motivate them actually to start a career in fintech or finance and then uh, sometimes women also hold back because they hear how difficult the working hours are and how male dominated it is. And they may hold back very early on because they know that at some point they want to have a family. So there is a combination of, of different things. It starts probably at education that, as mentioned, the women decide for different types of educational journeys because they know that in future they would like to have something that is probably more flexible but we can the good thing is that it's changing and the only way to change it is to be out there and have more women in the area so that we can 
um, motivate others that maybe are listening and tell them you can do that too. And be a role model like Caroline, having a little daughter working in finance, being in the board of Swiss Fintech Ladies and also studying. It's doable. Yeah. <laughs> If you really want it. It needs a lot of dedication, but it's possible. And I also have to point out at this stage that I now have an employer that supports all that. And that makes a big difference. So I think you did mention education, that sometimes there is a technology element to fintech and people can be scared of that. I heard of a great initiative abroad talking about coding for girls, supported by Carly Kloss. So that could be one way to tackle this. The other thing is that was very interesting, you said, Cara, that if there are few women there, then other women are even more scared to go into this. So it's a circle And then you end up with even less and less women in that sector, right? So that's where you can maybe tackle it through role models and through events and showing uh, others that it is feasible. So I already started to talk about the answers. So let's hear a little bit more about this. Apart from role models, some educational programs, what else can be done? Sometimes I talk to founders as well who say that women, they look at the managing their finances differently or investing. So therefore, you should have a different kind of product targeting women as well. I think one very important point here is that we have to go further than that. So all what you said is right, but it's not enough. Because if you look at consumption, and so when, you, when we say we do products for women, we're talking about consumption. Today, women, according to the Nielsen panel, they are responsible for 80% of all buying decisions. If the economy cracks, it's not our fault. We did our part. We did make buying decisions and women do a lot of buying decisions. The thing is, how do they get into the boardroom? And that's a different question than adopting products more to women. And I think there are two things, some of them have been mentioned before, it has been mentioned by Caroline, that we have not enough women studying STEM. So all the STEM professions, companies in the fintech industry, they need technology-affine people and they need people who can imagine how the financial system will look like in 10 years from now. So it is a job combining ideation, finance, financial knowledge, and also technological knowledge. So that's the knowledge part. But the second part is that women are more accustomed from the history to be a saver and not an investor. So women invest into their kids and they are the last ones to invest into themselves. They save money, but they don't invest money. And that's a very big difference. As an investor, you have to make different decisions. So saving is a little bit like being risk aware and say, let's put something at the side for times when we need more money, but it is not the risk taker saying, so now I will invest in, into myself. I will invest into the female community and I will be an investor. And this is where we get all the stereotypes in. So we see in the venture capital industry, 2% of all venture capital money is going to female entrepreneurs. 
And they get different questions than men. So are you really sure that you can make it? And so on. And not these kind of questions like, where do you want to be in five years? So they get more, let's say, conservative questions than men. This is probably where the stereotype comes in. But it also has to do with the women that uh, they really understand that today is the time where they need to invest into fintech, where they need to understand finance. And even if they are not working in the finance industry, that they at least do small investments into financial products and that they do small investments also into startups or fintech companies. And because who has the say finally in the market? These are the shareholders of the companies. And if there are no women, then there is no female say. And that could also have a huge backlash effect in 10, 20 years from now when we see all these boards well cultivated by a diverse management, but without females. Just to pick up on this. So basically... We need more women sitting on board, sitting at a table and making the decisions. And we women, we can't afford to be modest. We need to be out there. We need to speak about our experiences in order to motivate more women to do so. In addition to that, there is also the other side of the investors. And as Karen mentioned, the pool of women that generally invest into the financial markets is much smaller than the men. And then if we go further into VC, venture capitalists, you have even fewer women in that area investing. And that leads back to the issue of the biased decision making. And this is completely natural. So if we want to make a change, we need to be out there. We need to become savvy investors. We need to invest into what we believe in. And companies can do that by enabling or making the access to VC investments and education to this type of investments easier. For example, some banks also realize that the access to VC investment is even for the wealthy, not an easy hurdle to take. We as well, we realized that at Bergos and we will be launching a platform together with a, a partner that is experienced in that area to enable that access to a broader network of investors. And in the Swiss fintech ladies, we also try to get the message out there educate women about how much of an impact they will have if they become investors themselves. And you don't need to be Warren Buffett to start because sometimes being part of a, of a venture capitalist or as an angel investor, they need your knowledge and not generally a huge amount of money. All right. So I understand the complexities. It is a tough challenge to improve the situation when it comes to diversity, when it comes to gender equality or representation and great that you highlighted where the issues are, right? As we move up, when we talk about governance, when we talk about investing, but let's clarify, where does your association fit into all of this? What is SFTL, Swiss Fintech Ladies? Karen, as the founder and president, please, it's your honor. Okay. So first of all, we thought it is important to make females that are thriving in the industry more visible. And that was our first step 
Because as Caroline said, we need female role models and we need role models that other women can talk to. Also in, yeah, in our networking events or even in private sessions. So we have our coaching program where members get a free 360-degree coaching once a month by our members who are in this industry. So this is not a mentoring program, but it is a much more hands-on program where you get free coaching for any issue which you have at the moment. The second thing is we tried to build a pyramid saying, okay, let's help females get financially literate. We do have a normal financial literacy program, which is for free, which is online. It is at the moment, it is run by Clara Kreitz from Finelis for us. And uh, we also have, in addition to that, a free blockchain CAS with the University of Nicosia, so where you can do a blockchain certificate for free. We have a cooperation with CHI where you can learn about company valuation. So this is the financial literacy part and get you ready for making the next step which is becoming an angel investor, where we have also a new project since last year. Understood. So I also know that you organize many exciting events, either in person or online. I've seen Caro and you speak on the panel at F10 last year. So what are other exciting events that you have in the pipeline for this year? So we again have four more events with F10 and six in cooperation with them. It's about tokenization. It's about the strengths and weaknesses in investing that females and males show. So that will also be a very interesting discussion, I think. As we are different, we both have uh, strengths and weaknesses. And we also have another event on angel investing also with F10. Then we have our cooperation program with Finance and Wirtschaft, where Swiss Fintech Ladies, where we are a cooperation partner and where Swiss Fintech Ladies can apply for a free ticket for events that otherwise cost 1,000 Swiss francs or more. And we have our networking events where you can meet other people just like this. Not to forget our angel investing deep dives and our VC for a diversity uh, pitching events, which happen once a month. All right, understood. And you did mention that sometimes people are worried about going into unfamiliar territory. So it could be also surprising or uncomfortable for men to join these events. So how does this work? Who are your target members? Of course, it's the ladies. Anyone that believes that diversity in decision-making and any company that believes that this will improve our society and economy is very welcome to join us independently of your background and gender. Mm -hmm. I think we had the best events when we were dis discussing with men. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Rudy, you joined one of our events. Maybe you can tell us whether you felt uncomfortable, but I think we were half, half, half men, half women, and we had very good discussions. I think both sides should not shy away from each other because what really helps to, to dissolve stereotypes is when you talk face-to-face -face. and even sometimes you can disagree this gives the best discussions and we also looked a little bit at the uk where they have this 30 percent 
program to get 30% women in managerial roles. And their concept really is to work with all men who support that goal. And we also work with all men who support the goal to have more females in managerial roles and more females as investors. All right. Yes, understood. Highly recommended. No, didn't feel uncomfortable at all, of course not. No. <laughs> we also have requests from six when we are at F10, whether the men are allowed to come. And we say we always make it very clear in our invitations. Yes, please come. Diversity goes both ways. All right. Understood. So we started to talk about investing and women, and I know that you have a great initiative about that. So let's explain your initiative around angel investing for women. Yeah, we realized that the problem is not only that less than 2% females get venture capital money. That's not just figures from Switzerland, but from entire Europe, according to the Financial Times. We also realized that less than 1%, less than 1% of females are invested in fintech. In crypto, it's even less. And this is really a missile. And we said, so how could we change that? Of course, if you have never invested in fintech, would you go and yeah, say, let's try, let's do a little gamble. I'll invest 100,000 in, let's say, not a single fintech, but a fintech fund, which is FINMA regulated. So this is a very hard jump, I think. So we thought, and how can we help women to understand venture capital? How can we help them to understand fintech to do their valuations? And how can we help them to start investing with smaller amounts and then hopefully find out that it all went well? And this is why we were starting an initiative with one venture capital fund that is FINMA regulated and they allowed us to to help them find female investors with smaller amounts so with 5000 or 10000 swiss francs and this is what we did last year and we're very happy that that this is flying that we got enough females who were prepared to give fintech a try with these smaller amounts and we were trying to pamper them a little bit by having our deep dive events, our direct talks to, to the investment managers of, of that fund, and also our financial literacy program, where we hope that we could provide enough help to get your feet wet, not with huge amounts, but with small amounts. And we all hope that now this fund will thrive. All right. I think this is a great initiative because what you need here is education, but you also need diversification. You need to go and try it step by step, right? So this exactly. is a great way to go about this, which is also related to one more point that I wanted to follow up on, which is getting board experience. Now, mm -hmm. people are a little bit more senior. They're trying to find ways to enhance their CVs. They would like to give back. Maybe they'd like to position themselves for other roles. And having a board experience is seen as one of those things. And I know that you, Karen, have been on many boards and Caro as well. Why should someone do it? What do you think in addition to what I just said? And what are potential pitfalls as well? Because sometimes you also need a training for this because... Being on a board also comes with responsibilities and potentially liability, right? So why should you try to become a board member, how to do it, what you should be af not afraid of, but aware of when you do this? There is one important point that I just would like to throw in there before Karen continues with her experience. 
But there is an important thing to understand that if you want change to happen, then you need to be part of it, even if it means that you need to take on more responsibility and take on risk. But if you truly believe in equality in terms of gender, but also economical, then you need to go there, be part of the member and have the impact and work towards what you believe in. I got it. Okay. And Karen? Yeah, of course, uh, there is additional re responsibility and you one should not be naive. There is, for instance, the Swiss Startup Board Academy where you can get a training and they also will recommend you then to various startups as an advisor or as a board member when you have their certificate. I didn't do that. <laughs> Because I'm from a governance background and I'm from, yeah, I'm aware of the responsibilities that a board member has, also governance wise. I agree that it's absolutely important if you to be part of the change and part of the transformation, you have to go not to politics or somewhere, you have to go into the investment community, you have to go in, into the boards of, of these companies and learn. And I think this is really learning by doing. And it's one of the best ways of learning, not just for maybe have a little bit of training before, but then really get your feet wet. And yeah, take up such an opportunity when it comes along. Right. And I did take that course from Swiss Board Academy, and I think it was great. So I highly recommend it as well for people who don't have the legal background or governance background, or you do, but you come from a large corporate. And of course, there are other solutions as well, or matchmaking services, or in a way like, like a board all that I talked to as well. And they match experienced people with the startup board seats that could be a good fit for them. So there are more and more opportunities there. But as you said, also, let's not be naive about it. But on the other hand, you just have to do it, right? If you are at the point of, in Korea that you can help these startups to grow. Now, before we go, just two easy questions for you. Maybe for quite some time, we will not go on a vacation. <laughs> but <laughs> what would be some good nonfiction slash business books that you would take with you, even on a vacation? Can I take two books? Sure. Maybe you can just download it on Kindle. That's fine. This yeah, is not, okay, an, perfect. It's not an Amazon but plug, I take by more, the way. <laughs> but I will just mention two. And one that inspired me a lot throughout my studies as well is an economist called Thomas Piketty and his recent book, A Brief History of Equality, sums up his main books and ideas, including Capital in the 21st Century, which is a very heavy and difficult book to read, but the ideas are very inspiring and they follow me throughout my career and my decision making. And another one, which is very easy and light read I, that I recommend, especially for young women, is Lean In of Sheryl Sandberg. Of course. And I do have the capital on my shelf and it is very yes, thick book of my How is that going? <laughs> so that's still in my long-term development plan. You should get a brief history of equality in that case, because it's very well summarized there. Yeah, that could be a solution. And of course, you can listen to Blinks on Blinkist or maybe video summaries of the books on Emeritus Insight. So sometimes you can take a shortcut. In any case, Karen, anything else from your side? 
Oh, yeah. So I love Thomas Piketty. So great choice. Yeah. The thick book, Capital in the 21st Century, is for a very long holiday. And the brief history of equality is for a short holiday, I would say. So I also love from Kate Levinson, Emotional Currency, especially for women. She's a psychologist. Yeah. And she really guides you through the process of coming to terms with your inner money life because your inner money life will determine how you deal with money in yeah in the real world and when you know your inner money life then you can put money to work for you and not against you money is everywhere and decisions that involve money are most of the time very emotional and very intimate so i recommend emotional currency and who is interested in the wider world and where the economy is going, I recommend John Perkins. He got very famous with his first book, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, in 2004. And now in 2020, he came out with his newest book, Touching the Jaguar, where he's talking about on how the Chinese now just begin to become economic hitmen. And that's very telling and very interesting. Also, when you think about the strategic shifts that we are seeing at the current point in time. Brilliant. Very interesting tips. So I will make sure to put links in the show notes. So check it out there. You can find those books, I'm sure, online or in your local bookstore if you ever go to those still, hopefully. So <laughs> what's the best way to reach out and find out more about Swiss fintech ladies? Oh, there are so many ways. We are on every platform. So please connect with us on LinkedIn, for example. That's always the easiest way to stay in touch and up to date about what's going on. You can go on our website, swissfintechladies.ch or reach us by email or phone if you want. But I don't think that happens too often. Karen, is there any other channel that I haven't mentioned? I think you should subscribe to the newsletter and you can call us because uh, we have a secretary who will check the phone and if we're not available, leaves us a note and we will come back to you. Fantastic. That's great to hear. So thank you so much, Karen and Caro, and good luck to you and Swiss Tech ladies. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure and thanks for offering the platform. Yeah, a very inspiring interview. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests, or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you. Thank you.